This is the Fertility Hour, where couples learn how to improve their fertility naturally. Join Charlene Lincoln as she interviews leading experts in the fields of natural fertility, holistic medicine, and preconception care. Fertility Hour is where you'll find evidence-based strategies, tips, and resources to help you when trying to conceive. And now, here's Charlene Lincoln. Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Fertility Hour. I'm your host, Charlene Lincoln. And, um, you know, I just, I say it every time, but I'm highly encouraging you to do that. Um, If you go to fertilityhour.com, there's a free report section. Um, Expertly written reports by my podcast partner, Dr. Eva Keen. One is Restore Fertility Now. how to restore fertility and get pregnant naturally. It's a 39 page report, um, amazingly written, highly encourage you to download it. And then please subscribe, comment. I read your comments. Um, it, it means the world to us, um, the support that you're giving us. And um, because we work really hard to get the best guests, we search the globe for you. And so today, um, you know, I'm really fortunate to have Elizabeth Willett. She's a senior herbalist for the Natural Fertility Company. She she holds a Master of Arts degree in holistic health studies with a specialism in herbalism from St. Catherine University in St. Paul, Minnesota. She's a certified herbalist and brings with her 12 years of study in eclectic herbalism and too many years of self-taught knowledge to count. In addition, she has a love of nutrition, gardening, foraging, and wild harvesting plants, playing in the rain and sun, and putting her feet in the dirt. She's a mommy of two sons and a wife. She has three dogs, two gray tree frogs, an American toad, and several guppies. I don't think guppies stay guppies for long, but we'll talk (laughs) about that. She believes in order to be well and heal, we need to look at our health from a holistic perspective with the belief that our health is influenced by the interconnection of our physical body, our emotions and thoughts, our spiritual beliefs and rituals, cultural identity and practices, the community of which we are a part of, and our environment. All of these things working together to lead us to overall health and well-being. Her work with many clients who haven't realized the ways that neglecting their minds can impact their fertility journey or success that has helped grow her passion in the area of of the interconnection of the mind and our physical body's ability to heal. All right. Well, welcome, Elizabeth. Are you Liz or are you Elizabeth? Thank you, Charlene. I go by Elizabeth. Yes. Elizabeth. Okay. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Wow. I mean, when you're talking about health from a holistic perspective, and then you are putting um, health is influenced by the interconnection of our physical body, our emotions, the rituals, the community. I mean, it kind of makes me think, no wonder a lot of us feel sort of fragmented and not our best selves, because I don't know, a lot of us don't have all of that, right? The rituals, the community, the the everything. I mean, yeah. we've kind of departed from that. So that's going to be I, interesting. Yeah, it is. And I definitely think that um, the work is harder for those of us who don't understand our or aren't connected with our community or understand our past or our heritage or who don't value that or who um, a lot of us grow up not knowing those things. We're so many generations beyond our ancestors that we don't have a direct connection or haven't been taught how we are connected to our grandmothers and their mothers and their mothers and their mothers and what, how that, how that looks in a world where we like to see what that looks like. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of us probably do feel what that looks like. We're just not sure where those feelings are coming from. Um, okay. Yeah. We so can go on more. But. When you're working with um, a woman or a couple, do you mostly work with women or do you work with, with both? Mostly with women. It tends uh-huh. to be the wife or the female who reaches out to us for support. Um, and if her husband needs support, she's the one working with us. Although that's kind of shifting lately. We have had more and more men reach out to us too. I love that. And, and I hope it shifts more and, and more. Um, so, I mean, when you're talking about all these aspects um, that really holistically um, define true health for us, I mean, that's sort of over, that's overwhelming because if we're dealing with fertility issues, that's extremely overwhelming. We're trying to get information and, you know, we're, we're looking to you to um, prescribe, you know, herbs that will help with the fertility process, but then you bring in all that, like, how does, how do you not overwhelm someone if they're like, well, I don't have rituals. Maybe I don't feel like I have a strong cultural identity and, you know, like, how does that all kind of work together? Great question. So at the Natural Fertility Company, what we do is educate and empower women to make natural fertility health choices, natural choices that will boost their fertility health, make them feel better. We, part- uh, women and couples come to us with the idea that we're going to suggest to them what to take in terms of herb supplements and what natural therapies to use. And what I do in my work as herbalist is I kind of try to read beyond the lines. I try to read beyond what herb can I take that question and dig a little bit deeper to get to know them because one herb is not for every single person. It's not a, a black and white issue. Two women don't experience a fertility health, health issue in the very same way. So my job is to be a detective and help them be a detective with their own body. And I don't go into all of those aspects of holistic health with them if someone doesn't want to go there. And that's how I don't overwhelm them. Um, I don't want to be the one to overwhelm them because they're already overwhelmed, right? I don't want to add to that pressure because that pressure interferes with their success or their program, their ability to have the energy to keep going and trying something else and seeking another uh, person's expertise, right? Mm. So, um, my focus in terms of all of what is holistic in terms of our health really comes into play when someone is connected already, but is having a little bit more of a struggle. And because we work with women all over the world and women of all different cultures, there are many women who have community and who, who stay at home raising kids and are with their mom and grandma and may even live in the same um, dwelling. There are women who are incredibly spiritual. There are women who are incredibly religious. Um, and I, I'll just go there with them if they want to go with their, want to go there. Um, I, we certainly don't put pressure on learning your history and your lineage. Mm-hmm. We don't put pressure on being spiritual, uh, and becoming spiritual in order to have success. Um, ultimately my point is we meet people where they're at. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that sounds very fair. I mean, however, whatever direction they want to go, you support that, it sounds like. Yes. With the exception of the mind-body piece, mm-hmm. um, because I truly do feel like every single one of us needs to have a mind connection to our body. That is the one part of all of what you read in my bio 
that I feel like we each can benefit from no matter where we are, if we're on the fertility journey or not. Obviously, that'll be the focus of this talk. Um, but even in my everyday life with my kids and myself, I know that I have to connect with what's going on in my physical body or connect my physical body with my mind. Um, so that is a place where I do go with a lot of the people who reach out to me because um, I've seen success and I know stress <laughs> and I know the stress of this journey, the fertility journey. So I feel like there are so many useful tools um, that people can rely on and use. Does that make sense to most women who come to you when you talk about the mind-body connection? Because, um, well, the reason I ask is if they um, are going to a fertility clinic, which is actually an IVF clinic, um, I'm assuming most IVF clinics don't really talk about that aspect of it. And so does that seem like, oh, why is that important? Or it resonates with most women and they go, oh, I see that I'm sort of disconnected in that sense and I would like to integrate mind and body more. I would say that it's probably 50-50. Mm -hmm. um, when we have clients reach out to us to have a fertility consultation, they know their stress levels. We ask them that, they admit it, they tell us what they do, right? And we talk and a lot of times we relate the mind-body connection to your stress levels. Uh, not only your emotions, but your stress levels. That seems more relatable to people. Uh, Mind-body connection can kind of seem woo-woo still. Mm -hmm. I wish it didn't. I'm working on it, but it does. So, and yet the people who email us, um, um, who may not be thinking quite in terms of how are my stress levels impacting my health or my fertility health. So um, we see both sides of the coin there. Okay. Um IVF, I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, barking dogs. That's okay. I know. I'm like, um, I'm glad that the Amazon guy came earlier because my dog went crazy. So it's uh, your dog this time. I know. Ooh. Let me let me pr make a little prayer that mine doesn't. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, it's a conversation and, you know, right. life happens. My five-year-old might walk in. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> anyway, um, in, in regards to your question about IVF, they, there is counseling. Um, when someone's going through the IVF process, there, I believe there's some level of counseling about, um, about the process, about the financial piece of it, but I don't really truly know how far in depth they go into the mind and the stress level part of IVF and what happens if this isn't a success um, and how that feels emotionally. I'm not yes. sure that that's really covered. Um, I, I, I don't think so, but maybe I'm, I'm completely wrong. I'm, I'm sure a lot of fertility clinics are trying to kind of add different components yeah. that, that will help. Okay. So here's a common thing. If you go to any, um, like infertility type forum or read comments, I mean, you know, you go on Instagram, people are saying, oh yeah, you know, so-and-so told me that I just need to relax like they're giving me this big you know light bulb moment oh I forgot to relax and that's the reason why you know I'm I'm having trouble conceiving and I understand that that's really frustrating advice it um and it's not helpful oh like calm down or whatever but I mean I know yeah we're talking about stress but like what are some of the things that really help people deal with the stress of infertility? Like what are some tools that you have found to be really effective? Um, you're absolutely right. Telling someone to calm down 
or to relax is really the wrong verbiage. Um, it's, <laughs> it's gut instinct to do that because we love and care. Um, when we're talking with friends, right, or, or um, particularly in these forums, when someone's on your side, but to hear it from a doctor, like, no, stop. Mm -hmm. um, the way that I approach this topic, the, the, oh, goodness, just relax feeling I get when I'm working with someone is I encourage them to feel. Don't relax. Feel what you're feeling. Think about what you're feeling. Um, experience that emotion. If you need to be angry, be angry. If you need to be cry, or cry, cry. If you need to uh, punch a pillow, punch a pillow. Of course, don't harm yourself or anyone else or anything like that, but sit with that emotion and be mindful of it. And so that leads me into um, some, some how to take control of these thoughts and feelings instead of just relax. Um, I really think it's important for women to believe in themselves and their ability to heal and the program they're on and the doctor that they've chosen and the therapist they're working with. There has to be a level of belief and we need to sit and ask, ask ourselves, no matter what, are my beliefs dictating my fertility reality? Do I really believe in my heart that I can do this, that I will heal, that I'll get my period back, that my uterus won't have fibroids, that I'll have a baby, whatever it is on the step to your end goal or you know, on the, on the journey to your end goal. I feel like um, because infertility is such an emotional roller coaster, we have to really take time to quiet the mind, check in with your heart, um, realign with who you are. Who was this person? Who, who was I? Who was Elizabeth or Sharon or Charlene or Susan or whomever before this infertility journey started? Who was she? Do I, do I, can I reconnect with her? Can I find the pieces of her that will guide me forward and that I really loved then that I want back now? Find joy. Find some sort of joy, how to find and sustain joy. Now, these things aren't going to look the same for everybody. And I'll, I'll share more with about a little bit of the science. I'm not going to get too sciencey, but I'll share specifics about what we've seen that have been helpful. Um, I also think mindfulness, I mentioned this, but be mindful. Be aware of your thoughts. Write them down. Um, keep a journal. If, you, if it's uh, helpful to write on a page all your negative thoughts and then take it outside into the driveway or a fire pit or whatever and burn it and let it go and release it, that's fine. If you need some sort of ritual around your um, observing your thoughts, that's cool. But really keep track of surroundings and internal sensations and how you feel, when you feel. Um, just really be mindful because being mindful can help you work through those emotions, but also trigger um, remembrance of when things happen. You know, uh, does something happen when I'm about to ovulate? Does something happen when I'm in mid-luteal phase and kind of starting to PMS before my period. You know, stuff like that can be really helpful when you're working with a practitioner, but also to yourself. It's like, oh, wait a second, this is starting to show me pattern. I maybe can move through this in an easier way now that I know it's happening or coming or whatever. Um, a good example is from me, I have a day of rage before of PMS. That's it. One day where anything, anything can trigger me and make me so angry <laughs> mm -hmm. that just want to throw something at the wall and I don't know why and it's silly but I think um, being connected enough with yourself to understand when that's coming and what's happening so you can step back and retreat and not try to trigger any worse emotion or feeling around it is important. Um, I think there's herbs for that Elizabeth because <laughs> I've taken 
Oh gosh. Um, but I, yeah, we all, we all know. I, I mean, not everyone experiences PMS the same right. way, but you could be like, oh. sometimes when you don't know it's coming, oh my gosh, why am I getting so reactive? Yeah. Or why is my husband, everything he's saying just right. so annoying. Right. And then <laughs> I end up date, taking a lot of herbs to try to ease right. that. Oh, so do I. Thank goodness. Um, oh my I gosh. Mean, I, a couple more things if you don't. Yeah, t- go for it. Thank you. I also think that it's important for women to compare not try to stop jealousy and resentment towards others who are having a journey that you wish you were on because yours Mm -hmm. is not theirs, right? Apples to oranges. Um, journeys are different and fertility. Jealousy is a tough one. Mm -hmm. Uh, It can be really hurtful. Um, and then of course, to strengthen your mind body connection, which is, um, my passion through reducing stress and using a variety of different natural therapies. Um, that can be helpful. And I can go into that if you'd like. Lastly, seeking support. I can't forget this piece because so many women try to go it alone, try to go the emotional component of fertility alone because they've already got appointment after appointment after appointment. And they've had all these people tell them all this stuff and they don't want one more person to have to schedule and go see. But I really think that talking to a fertility specialist, a counselor, a fertility therapist can help improve communication between couples, can help in decision-making processes can help settle disagreements or clarify any level of misunderstanding can help you v- feel better because you get to vent. Um, and everyone deserves to be heard and to have help with feelings if they need it and are at that level. We don't want anybody struggling through the emotions of this journey alone. And there are people out there to help. Okay. I love everything that you said. Um, let's uh, let me, let me go backwards um, with, with the last thing, the fertility jealousy um, now that there's social media and you get to see all the announcements and things like that, give us, give us a tool or two, what, whatever you have, um, you know, your, your best friend, your sister-in-law, your cousin, your person from high school. Um, okay. So there's another pregnancy announcement. Um, obviously um, you can one, I guess, get off social media cause it's just mm-hmm. too much of a trigger for you, which mm-hmm. I, I don't think is a bad idea, but, but okay. So you, you want to continue to be on Facebook and things like that, but it's kind of eating you alive. How do you congratulate someone and be happy with um, dealing with your own emotions around it? Um, so I do think a short social media detox is really important, particularly if it's triggering repeatedly regularly, right? If it's triggering something within you regularly, um, or just simply unfollowing someone for a short period of time. Um, to be honest, they may not know, even recognize your absence. Okay. I mean, I know that sounds a tiny bit cruel, but it's the way social media is when you're following 3000 people Mm -hmm. or have that many followers. Right. Um, but beyond that, a few more realistic tools. Um, I think that if it's someone really close to you that's having this success, um, remember Facebook friends might not all really be friends, but if someone's really close to you and they're having a a fertility success and it's um, bringing up some jealousy, um, it's okay to just not say anything until you're ready. It's okay to say congratulations because we often do that in type, right? and then move on and, 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 and work through your own emotions. Um, it's okay to not go to a baby shower. It really is. It's okay to just take a little step back. Um, I think that some of the tips I just mentioned uh, in brief, like journaling out your feelings, 
talking with your partner about how that's making you feel or your mom or your grandma or whomever is your trusted confidant is really important. Um, I just feel like the best way to address success of someone who's super close to you when you're not having success really is to step back uh, and kind of be more quiet about it because you certainly don't want to say anything or type anything or do anything that's going to cause them harm in their place of joy. But really just seeking support in in the places where you need to um, to help work through those emotions, whether it's a forum or a trusted confidant or a counselor or whomever that might be. Reaching out to someone like myself or the team I'm on. Um, it, it ultimately is just that. But if um, you wanted to use stress reduction tools, there's certainly beyond journaling, there's certainly things like the emotional freedom technique, EFT. Um, that's very easy and you can do it anywhere. Um, essential oils are fantastic. They're so commonplace now and women use them all the time. They can be really helpful for just creating some calm, bringing down the emotions just a little bit. Um, there's physical exercise is outstanding. Um, it's amazing how physical exercise can help reduce the stress response. Qigong, fertility yoga, walk, a daily walk outside in nature if you love that, or a, you know, a quick run on the treadmill. Um, a trip to the gym, as long as it's not, you know, crazy amounts of exercise that you're overexerting yourself, meditation, relaxation and breathing, all of these things can be tools um, that are really, that can be useful in those times when all of a sudden there's an announcement on a social media platform or in the mail that says, come join my joy. Um, did I miss anything? Prayer. I, we talked about spirituality and religion. Prayer certainly works church groups, youth groups, spiritual groups, um, massage, self-fertility massage is outstanding. So there are lots of things you can learn. And it's important also to have a toolkit. Uh, we talk in terms of toolkit and what we do. It's not just one thing that you're probably not going to be just one thing that you're going to rely on to help with you with help you with your emotions or reduce the stress. It might be a multitude of things. One that'll work better for certain situations than another. Mm -hmm. Yeah, set up your toolkit. Okay, so there's a couple things. One, um, I have a podcast with Nick Ortner. He's, a, he's really big in the EFT world. And it's pretty cool. He takes me through a session of tapping technique, um, mm -hmm. where we where we do all the fertility triggers. And so um, if you're if you're curious about tapping or EFT, you can um, search out his name is Nick Ortner on the Fertility Hour website. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting. And um, I've been guilty of this too. Sometimes people, um, you ask them about their stress levels and they say, well, I'm not that, I don't really have a stressful life, but it's really what's called perceived stress, right? I mean, we're, we're not running from lions anymore. So right. we're not running, we're not dealing with most of us are not dealing with survival issues, but sometimes our nervous systems can feel as if we are under constant threat, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so how does that kind of come out for people where do you ever talk to clients where they go, well, I don't really have a stressful life and you kind of have to dig a little deeper to make them realize, well, actually you're, you are under a yeah. lot of stress and yeah, frequently. Um, yeah women come to us explaining their irregular menstrual cycles, um, but they have had all the tests under the sun and there's nothing we can even really figure out that was missed. And so then we take a look at their diet and we take a look at their exercise routines 
And typically there's a meal that's skipped or, um, you know, pretty highly processed snacks um, or some binge snacking going on. You know, the snack category gets filled bigger than the breakfast category or more. Um, they're not sleeping well. They're waking in the middle of the night. They're having a hot flash here or there. They're, um, you know, complaining because they, they have a little bit more acne. They're um, saying that they, their PMS has changed and or they had one sort of conversation with their partner that wasn't the best or um, they're cold all the time. You know, and I know all of these things are symptoms of physical imbalance, but when someone's had their thyroid tested and their hormone levels tested and they, um, you know, they have been ovulating up until now and their cycles have been seemingly regular and there's just something that shifted quick, I typically go to stress. Well, what's been going on in the last month in your life? Um, you know, has anything happened at work? Has anything happened within your family? Have you changed your exercise routine? Um, have you started eating differently and why did that happen? Um, did you travel? Travel is stressful, believe it or not. While we go on a vacation to relax, being in the airport causes stress. I mean, you have to go to all these ropes, wait, delays in airplanes, you know, people all around you, for those of us who are introverts. Um, you know, it, even travel can be stressful. So uh, I do have to step back and, and help them think about what could be at play here. Why? Why is there a physical manifestation of a symptom when there seemingly shouldn't be one? Um, a lot of people do have the physical issue they're dealing with, so that's a different story. But stress, play, stress can come out physically. You know, changes in body odor. I've even had women say, this is just different and it's not right. And well, have, are you stressed? Um, so. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. And um what was the other thing? Because we were talking about perceived stress. Um, it'll, it'll come to me in a minute because I was kind of like bookmarking it in my head that I wanted to ask you about. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I've been in the healthcare field for a number of years, but some, there's been some parts of my life where I'll say, no, I don't really feel stressed, but I've mentioned this before in another podcast. I used to get this eye twitch yeah, and it would just pop up. And if someone asked me, I would say, no, I'm really not stressed, except this random eye twitch is happening. You know, right. it's like, right. how disconnected can I get? Well, I am stressed. This is an outward sign that something's going on or I'll get acne and things like that. You just disconnect from it. Um, that I had a really, I had a really good question. And so let's just go on with the conversation and I'll, um, um, I'll get to it. Gosh, I, f I forgot about that. Reach out to me, uh, women in particular, who yeah. will say things like, I feel this movement in my womb, or I feel this little twinge, mm -hmm. or I've got something going on in my back, or my kidney area is a little bit sensitive or something's shifted. Or I've got a little bit of indigestion or, you know, stuff like that mm. when they haven't seemingly changed much recently either in terms of diet and their digestion seems normal. They don't seem to have any, um, you know, problems with digestive health issues anyway, from my perspective and what they tell me. Now, I, I don't get to see the whole picture and I'm not a medical doctor who's run tests, but I also go to stress in those instances too. Well, could it be that it's not your uterus, but it's actually a muscle spasm? 
Um, have you been sedentary for a long time? Could it be that it's not your back and you're holding tension in, in your lower back? Some people do. Um, you know, could it be that you're just nervous and for, for whatever reason, and that's causing a little bit of gas or digestive off, offness upset. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that all happens too. And that's much like your eye twitch. Um, these could be physical signs of pent up emotions and stress. And um, I'll keep going if you don't mind, but it's Christiane Northrup, um, whom I know you adore and uh, really uh, appreciate, and I do too, who um, really helped me realize this connection. Um, She, in her book, Women's Body, Women's Wisdom, talks about how emotions get stuck in, in our bodies, within our organs, and can lead to imbalances and impair healthy organ function and can contribute to infertility. So therein lies why someone might be feeling some sort of, um, or gives validity to the idea that someone could be feeling some sort of movement in their room when there's nothing there except the muscle and the uterus, the physical organ. Um, She shares that we carry and hold sadness, bereavement, and grief in our heart, in our uterus, and our ovaries. And we certainly know there's a great amount of bereavement and sadness and grief in infertility and the inability to get pregnant and or pregnancy loss. And that isn't new news, right? We hold fear and anxiety in our kidneys and in our urinary tract. So um, if a woman has a UTI and I feel like I can go there with her, um, I will ask if she feels that she's safe um, or if she's been dealing with some anxiety from something, an experience. Um, that does come up on occasion. And um, fear and anxiety can also impair physical um, and sexual male, uh, male and female sexual function. So when we're super fearful and anxious, libido is going to be suppressed. Um, the ability to have intercourse properly, achieve an erection or have an orgasm could be suppressed. Sexual desire in general, so maybe not even, you know, you may, they may couple may not even make it to the bedroom because of fear and anxiety or the constant repeated need to plan something that should be really fun and something that should be really desirable and something you should want to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I really am grateful for that portion of her book, Dr. Northrup's book. Um, It really was one of the things that spurred this passion in me and a lot of the writing that I've done about the topic. Um, it's just really important to try to reframe those negative emotions and fear and doubt and anger and sadness and disbelief and guilt and shame and anything that feels inescapable when you're on this journey. And I, it's the, the reframing is going to happen in a different way for everybody. So, Absolutely. Um, in, in Chinese medicine, every organ has a related emotion mm-hmm. and all, and well, Chinese medicine originated 5,000 years ago. And they were saying back then that 70% of all diseases or imbalances in the body originate with the emotions. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think in fertility, um, you know, you get assessed by an IVF clinic and you you get all your labs and then you become all these numbers. I have low progesterone. My AMH is low. I have five, you know, I mean, you, you kind of remove yourself and, and forget the impact of the emotions with that. Absolutely. And, and even with endometriosis, they did a study and they found that a, a great, 
proportion of women with severe endometriosis had some major sexual trauma in their lives and that got stored and created imbalances. So um, this will come out more and more, right? I mean, with these type of interviews and the, the work of um, Dr. Christiane Northrup and all the other kind of pioneers out there talking about the mind-body connection. I mean, this is real. This is, it's not new age. I mean, it, it sounds like it because it's so far removed from the medical model. Mm-hmm. But the medical model is so flawed. I mean, it's it's very flawed. I'm just going to say it. And um, I'm not the only one who thinks that. It's like, that's why people reach out and mm-hmm. are searching because um, they're not getting the answers. And because, I mean, we are spiritual beings. We're energy beings. It's, it's more than what a lab test can show. And um, I love the interview with Dr. Christiane Northrup. Um, also highly encourage you to to watch it, but she really emphasizes about the spiritual process of fertility and, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and maybe it's going to be kind of out of people's comfort zone when she talks about with rituals of calling in a baby soul and things like that, or, or prayer or however, but there's that spiritual connection. Don't, don't let yourself get just reduced to a bunch of numbers. It's, Absolutely. Yeah. It's so much more than that. Um, and you're already doing so many things. And taking supplements and using natural therapies Mm -hmm. and and you've made diet changes and you are legitimately working on your stress, yet you're not seeing the progress that you want or your body isn't shifting in a way that the practitioners you're working with want, it's time to then take a step back from that thinking it's woo-woo or new age or, um, you know, weird and think, and think about what else could be impacting my success. Is it my mind? Is it that I'm disconnected from my spiritual self? Do I really believe I deserve what I want and what I'm working toward? Um, and that is, isn't hard. It's not easy work. It's not easy work, but it's a necessary step when you're seemingly doing everything right and still not getting to the places that you want to be. It's... It's so frustrating because, you know, we're bringing up all this stuff. And like you said, it's not easy work. You kind of have to go deep. And then the person sees so-and-so who's not doing any of this and they're on their, you know what I mean? It's so unfair in that sense. And um, I know that everyone has imbalances in the, and weaknesses in their body and they show up in different areas, but I, I just want a voice of that. You might be listening to this and going, oh, you know, right. <laughs> I have to do all this deep work where, you know, my neighbor doesn't do anything and eats all this processed food and it doesn't seem to affect her fertility. Um, though now more and more children are born with issues that, you know, I mean, that's another thing we get so focused. I need to get pregnant. I need to get pregnant. I, I'm going to do anything to get pregnant, but really the ultimate goal is to have a healthy baby while maintaining your own health. Yeah. Because if you have a baby with special needs, I mean, it's, I mean, you, you can just imagine it's, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. it's a lifelong, you know, it's support that you're going to give that child. So you really want to have a self-sufficient, healthy mm-hmm. human being that you're right. producing. And right. um, that brings up two things for me. One sure. is that this neighbor who doesn't have fertility, what she's doing doesn't seemingly impact her fertility. You mm-hmm. may not know her whole story. What mm-hmm. you see isn't, beh- isn't behind closed doors, right? Yeah. So this is back to the comparing your journey to someone else's. Um, And then there's a piece of this where um, you, you may feel like you have to dig deep, but maybe you won't. 
maybe it's not so deep because you know in your heart or in your mind that this is something has been weighing on you for some time, right? Some of us have to dig deeper than others. I, I, we're onions with layers, right? Um, anybody in this field knows that analogy. But um, you may also find that there is a natural therapy like EFT or self-fertility massage that helps you connect to your own fertility or fertility yoga or writing positive affirmations that just clicks it for you. That it just works. Um, my thing is positive affirmations. I don't know why or how, but one day I was just at my wits end and I'm like, I gotta do something different. Why am I struggling so much? And I just wrote, 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 wrote until I wrote out a positive affirmation that I've been saying for the last 12 years, almost daily. Um, so understanding that you might just find that one thing and looking for it. It might take a little time to get to that one thing, but you may just find it. And then um, the last thing that I wanted to talk about or, or mention that was brought up um, that I just lost. There, I lost something too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I found my thing, so maybe I can trigger. Well, I love what you said, and, and I, I help myself remember it because um, I've done like self-help type therapy groups where we talked about that. There's such a message in our society of soldier on, um, you know, um, nose to the grindstone. And that sort of means like whatever emotions are coming up, just ignore it and brave through. But um, I love what you said. And, and I think it's actually um, much more healthy and helpful. I think of like um, the, the, the old circuses where there's that ring of fire and the lion goes through it. Like that's the emotional state. And instead of trying to um, avoid those emotions, um, I love that advice is really feeling the impact of those emotions. And that can be scary. And that might be where you need a fertility counselor or a trusted um, ear to help you through it. Yeah. But to avoid it and go, you know, um, you know, when you have a chronic disease like cancer, or I'm a cancer warrior or survivor. I mean, it, it denotes that you can't be weak and vulnerable. And I think sometimes that vulnerability um, it could be really healing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We are not Hercules or Wonder Woman. Those people aren't real, right? Yeah. Um, we do get a message that we need to be strong and do something more. But that do something more can be take the time to cry if you feel like you need to cry. It's okay. It can be lay in bed for a while if you need to or a day. And it can be seek help if you need it or, you know, sit talking with your partner. Um, I find that for the people that I work with and myself, because I'm a feeling human being just like anybody else, even though I'm not trying to get pregnant anymore, um, I, that if I stuff an emotion, it comes back to me and it will come back to me large and in charge multiple times before I go, what the heck? Stop, Liz. Elizabeth, right? I call myself Liz, but Elizabeth, stop. What's bringing this up? Deal with this right now to let it go or to help yourself move beyond it so that next time it's not as mean when it comes up. Or maybe some, whatever triggered it in the past won't trigger it again. Um, I'll come back to my PMS day of rage. Finally, it got to the point where my husband was like, clockwork. It's this day, isn't it? <laughs> I'm like, oh, darn it. 
Uh, yeah, it is. So I'm going to take some time to myself. It's not you. It's me. I'm going to go sit with this, figure it out, read my herb books to find out what other herb I can try, uh, breathe through it, journal. And then I realize that I too have the power to know when that day's coming so that I can either take time for myself, go for a walk, take the herbs, or just not be as reactive. Try to stop being as reactive. Hmm. I mean, PMS is hormonal imbalances, right? But it's like, it's real stuff coming. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, not every single thing. It could be through the lens of a hormonal imbalance. But if we're stuffing feelings, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. yeah, like you said, it's going to come back loud and in charge or however you put that right. Exactly. Oh, one thing I wanted to ask you, you, you have said a couple times in this interview, um, don't compare. Uh, I mean, in a sense, that's kind of like relax. Um, how do you not compare? <laughs> Give us some tools on that. Oh, my goodness. Um, it's a hard one. In a sense, it kind of is like um, just relax, but not to the same level, I don't think. Um, Um, you know, I I think some tools for not comparing are to really try to find the good thoughts. We all have them. We all think them about other things. Um, so either keep a gratitude journal or use a daily mind body program, such as something like circle and bloom or mindfulness meditation, creating positive affirmations, meditate, yoga, find some tool to help you find the positive thoughts to transform the negative into positive there's research that we can do it there it's known that our brains can turn a negative thought into a positive one um it it just takes a little bit of work and finding the tools to do that the emotional freedom technique which you've gone through and experienced in which there's a, a podcast on is um incredible in terms of helping transform or, or, or release the emotions. I mean, that's what it helps you do. Um, and then I have to go back to talking to a professional if you can't, if you can't get past the negative, um, if you can't stop comparing yourself to someone else. Um, it's really important to get help, that extra level of help. Um, ultimately, that I think it's important to remember that um, while you are trying to conceive that doesn't define you. You are a whole other person. You have hobbies or had them and need to remember what they were. Um, You have a heart, you have passions, you have morals and ethics, you have a relationship um, with your partner or your husband, you have friendships, you have a family, you are sister, daughter, wife, maybe you're already mother, um, granddaughter, niece. You know, you have these pieces of yourself and infertility is just one of them. It's an all-consuming one of them. I understand that. And those of us who work in this field also understand that. Um, and I don't want you ignoring your feelings. I've said that too. It's not, it, stuffing them is not important, but working at finding the tools to help yourself get through the negative and transform those negative thoughts to positive ones and stop comparing to someone else is really important. You have to do the work. I can tell you try EFT, but maybe you won't like it. So you're going to have to go find something else. Mm -hmm. I can say yoga has scientific benefits, but maybe you don't like yoga or you can't do it or it makes you feel terrible. It's not often the case. Yoga isn't 
often hated, but there are some spirit, there are some religions who don't promote doing yoga or don't, you know, don't like yoga. Um, maybe you can't meditate. Maybe your mind just won't stop when you sit and try to be quiet and bringing yourself back to this breathing just isn't your thing. Um, so you're, it's really important to know that this is going to take a little bit of work to find a few tools that help. I mean, that's great. I, I appreciate it. And I also kind of going back to the social media, because where is the biggest comparisons being made? Yeah. People really spotlight um, kind of the best parts of their life. And when you see that, um, whether it be Instagram of people you don't know, or Facebook mm-hmm. of your quote unquote friends, mm-hmm. um, that's where I think the big comparisons and the jealousies and things like that really mm-hmm. come up. So um, yeah. a detox of that, I think mm-hmm. is I mean, some people can't imagine disconnecting from that even, but you really maybe put your hand on your heart and ask yourself, does this really? Yes. I mean, some people really thrive on it, right? And it makes them feel good mm-hmm. to be on there. And I say, power to you. And they could feel really vulnerable on there. I'm having yeah. a bad day. My IVF didn't work. And they get tons of support. And that's their community. I say, go for it. That sounds wonderful. Right. But I think there's a big portion of us that really feel... Um, kind of empty after spending time on there. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. that's something you really have to figure out for yourself. What, Absolutely. what kind of person, yeah. um, how is it affecting you? Right. Are my thoughts and actions um, standing in the way of my success, limiting my ability to move forward? Mm. Are they the cause of this emotional issue that's come up or that repeatedly comes up? Exactly. Let's touch upon herbs um, for a minute. Cause I know that, um, Dr. Google, you know, has so many great recommendations, Yeah, you know, and it's just like, wow. And, you know, gosh, you just want to take them all. You know, you read about mm-hmm. ubiquinol and maca and unicorn horn and, oh my gosh, they all seem to have great promise. Yeah. Um, what if I just kind of ordered them all and take them? So is, is that problematic? Are these pretty just benign substances that you can just throw all together in a smoothie and, and (laughs) good questions. So, um, first of all, false unicorn root is endangered. So you, and if you do move forward with caution, so, okay. um, You know, as an herbalist, I obviously love and adore plants. I use them very differently than I suggest the lay person or someone who's not familiar with herbs uses them or or suggests, uh, I suggest their use differently to that person. Um, there are herbs that aren't for everyone. There are also herbs that are food herbs that are quote unquote, or considered superfoods that, um, don't fit into that not for everyone category, really, unless there's an allergy, um, or someone's on a medication. So yes, Dr. Google will tell you there are multiple things that, um, are effective for this, this, and this issue. But if you're in a place where you have a list of things that you want to order, stop yourself and reach out to someone who can guide you on whether or not those are things you really need. Um, There isn't a need to take something that your body doesn't need or that you won't benefit and an herbalist or a midwife or a a naturopath or someone trained in supplements, a nutritionist, um, um, you know, there are multiple names for us (laughs) are gonna be able to help you understand if you need or not. not everything is 100% perfectly safe because it is natural. 
I'll be mm-hmm. honest. Um, right. So it's, it just move forward with caution. The other thing about going to Dr. Google is find resources that are reputable. Um, you know, the American Herbalist Guild is incredibly reputable. Natural fertility websites, um, natural fertility info and natural fertility shop. We are reputable. Um, there are doctors like Dr. Aviva Ram and Dr. Christian Northrup and Dr. Tori Hudson. Um, naturopaths have, are sharing information. Um, there are more. These are just people that are popping to, into my head right now, but truly find reputable information. And I, the thing that um, gets my goat, for lack of a better phrase, the most is when someone goes to a forum where other people are sharing their experiences and, and the layperson is commenting about what they did, that that's how they get their information on what they try. So um, chat, chat rooms and different you know, forums where people can type questions and you really don't know if the moderator is qualified to answer or even answering, um, those aren't reputable sources for herbal information. Um, there are many others out there and I guess other than speaking that and having you share it on our behalf, um, it's, it's hard to know what is reputable, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because I don't particularly love WebMD. I'm sorry to mm-hmm. anyone who hear this that does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not my favorite place to go. Um, I think there's a lot of hype on some other sites as well. Um, but there are people who know what they're talking about. You just have to seek them, seek them out and find them. Yeah. I mean, another reason to go to a professional, right? Absolutely. To consult with because Absolutely. It's, it, it gets a little confusing out there. I mean, even I was told that maca, which I mean, maca is like crazy popular and it mm-hmm. seems amazing in its potential and benefits and um, that it can create an imbalances. It's not a one size fits all type um, food herb, um, though it seems like it. Right. Um and, and that I guess in some countries you need a prescription for it. That would make um, sense. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, mm-hmm. maca is a food. It is a root vegetable. In Peru, where it's primarily grown and sourced, um, Peruvians eat it like a root, root vegetable regularly. That is not something those of us who haven't done that for generations or know how to do really should do. Um, maca is processed when we get it, right? It's powdered and dried. Um, it can be red, golden, or black. Um, all of them tout different benefits. Um, and while it is relatively safe for most of us, it isn't to be co- combined with any medication. Um, there is some evidence that red and black maca can impair or interfere with healthy thyroid function for some people. Um, if you choose a maca powder that's not gelatinized, you're most likely to have gastric upset. A woman who is 100 pounds or less, you know, a petite woman is not going to have, is going to have a very strong effect compared to someone my stature at 150 pounds or more. You know, so just grabbing a bag and dumping a scoop in your smoothie and not understanding how many milligrams you're taking um, or if that's what you should be taking for what you're using it for, is really careless, to be honest. Um, maca increases energy like crazy for most people. It shouldn't be taken after one o'clock, usually. You know, it's not, a, it's not an evening drink. You know, you don't throw it in your, um, in your nighttime decaf, which hopefully women battling infertility aren't doing anyway, but 
Um, you know, so there are a lot of things to take into consideration. Uh, like I said, just because it's natural or a, a food doesn't mean it's for everyone. And that's the same, um, that's not unlike raw, dark green leafy vegetables for women with underactive thyroids, right? It's best to lightly cook them. Um, there are so many things that are healthy, but that doesn't mean that everyone should consume, in, consume them in the exact same way. Okay, thank, thank you. Yeah. How do we find out more about you? So um, I work for the Natural Fertility Company. We are the naturalfertilityshop.com and naturalfertilityinfo.com. Um, we sell products on our shop and have an incredible yet small customer service team, customer care team, we call them. Um, we are 10 people strong only. We've been around for 11 years now and 10, um, nine women, one man. <laughs> anyway, um, so we do sell product. We're happy to educate you about that product. Um, we know there are other products out there, but we have our own line. And then we have naturalfertilityinfo.com where myself and the company's founder, Heather Rodriguez, and my colleague, herbalist Sarah Abernathy, write um, and publish informational guides and articles weekly. Uh, all the information on our website is free. Um, we do not conduct research as one would in a lab, but we do valid research in order to publish the information that we have. You'll see all of our reference lists and where we pull our information from. Um, we keep an eye on studies repeatedly. Um, we look at what's happening in the natural product industry. We use experts for our information. Um, so um, aside from reading it and going there and learning about the website, um, I, I can't really make you, convince you of anything different, right? We just, we're a reputable source. I was talking about that earlier. But anyway, we also have a presence on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Periscope. I, I'm actually live once a week on Periscope TV. Um, um, Pinterest, we are on social media too. Um, and so people can find us and comment and connect with us in, um, through any of those avenues. Email, live chat, phone, all of those things. Yeah. Okay. And I'll put all of that in the podcast, the whole, sure. all, all those that you just named there. So sure. there's, um, I'm sure that if you have been trying to conceive for a few months, you have come across a natural fertility info article because you guys are quite active. Um, and that's awesome on YouTube and everywhere else. I love that. Um, I really enjoyed this interview. I feel like you gave such solid grounding. Thank you. Wonderful advice. I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, I, I think if you're listening to this, it, it's really, it's, it's going to shift something in you. I mean, it did in me. Um, Cause we're all dealing with, if you're not dealing with fertility issues, you're dealing with some other struggle. I guess that is life. I, I don't think life has to be a struggle, but there's always kind of something that, you know, you're, you're trying to work on. And I think it's great. It, it's great advice across the board, but um, you know, we are focusing on fertility and um, you know, I just think give yourself a big hug. You know, you're, you're not alone, obviously. Um, so I kind of, a couple of the takeaways is, connect with someone. And sometimes, you know, I don't know, as I get older, 
um, when I'm dealing with an issue, I kind of become more introverted. I don't, as younger, you know, you reach out and tell your friends your whole story. It's like you become more like private and sort of sacred about your struggle. And, um, and then it can get really big and weird inside and kind of make you feel dark. So I, I really believe in, in counseling and there's um, fertility counseling and coaches because they get it and they're not going to give you just people want to help you, but they don't know what to say. That's why your uncle at Thanksgiving tells you you need to just relax and have more sex. <laughs> you know, he's not trying to be totally obnoxious. Oh. Um, it just people don't know what to say. So, you know, you go to a professional who can really listen and, and, and give you educated advice and guide you and um, so that you're not going to Dr. Google and taking a bunch of crazy herbs. Maybe you're detoxing off social media. Um, you're getting a tailored plan you know, and then you're finding some way to um, make those mind body connections and be really mindful about the emotions that you're going through and feel safe kind of experiencing those emotions. If you have, you know, someone right there next to you, Um, sometimes not physically, but maybe on, you know, (laughs) Skype or whatever, kind of helping you navigate through that emotional maze. Um, Because we're deeply emotional creatures. And Um, And we need help with that because we are away from our communities and tribes, you know, Um, and sometimes social media is not that community, though it's it's supposed to be that way. It can make you feel more isolated. So um, thank you so much. That was wonderful advice. I really appreciate it. And um, I will contact you as soon as this is live. Fantastic. Thank you for having me as uh, on behalf of the company. I really appreciate um, the time that we had together and seeing you live. And um, I truly do hope that women will, women and couples will benefit from hearing this talk and, and moreover feel empowered to feel their, feel what they feel. So I I believe they will. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you. All right. right. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Fertility Hour. For being one of our loyal listeners, we would like to give you free access to a special report called Restore Your Fertility Naturally. Inside, you'll learn about an eight-step, all-natural process that's helped hundreds of couples conceive. This is one of our most popular reports, and you can get free access by going to fertilityhour.com forward slash report. Again, that's fertilityhour.com forward slash report. Go there now, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Fertility Hour.